word to the wise. This episode contains spoilers for the entire Dead Rising franchise. Listener discretion is advised. On the season finale of Electronic Fun, I'm joined by Robbie Dude to dive deep into Capcom's zombie funhouse Dead Rising and 2000's Butt Rock. So please, join me. Let's have some fun. interesting thing that's going on is a mariners game in about 10 minutes but uh, i could skip it it's fine you can just come here and watch it exactly are they here for while they're playing it or are they somewhere else yes it's a home game against the okay. astros ooh, ooh. the assholes <laughs> <laughs> is that what people call them no oh welcome back to electronic fun everybody <laughs> The Italian Stallion Robbie dude is here. That's it, it, the funny thing is that's what people call me. They call me the Italian Stallion uh, quite often, actually. It's a very common thing. People say it all the time in free chat. Very yeah, common occurrence. True. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, you you asked me to be be on your podcast a long time ago. It feels. Um, yeah, I, it, I asked you back before I had this this program all set up. It was months ago, and then mm-hmm. you were very concerned that you just weren't going to be on because. <laughs> I didn't tell you that you're the very last one. <laughs> you kept having people on your show. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait till I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but it's it's great to finally be on uh, the, uh, the, the, the the good old pod. The uh, pod. The pod. You have your own podcast empire, but let's get into that. Robbie, <laughs> who are you? How would you describe yourself? Uh, I am Robbie. I would describe myself as a creator of uh mediocre mediocre content yeah (laughs) i don't want to say a a mediocre content creator uh i want to say it backwards so that it sounds a little bit cooler um and so i can say it to my mom without wincing (laughs) (laughs) mom i'm a content creator mom no mom i create content Everyone, there's so many people that listen to the Down Air podcast. <laughs> you have no idea, Mom. My mom, uh, I, I talked to her on the phone yesterday, and she was like, are you going to stream tonight? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, I might be in the chat. I like when people say hi to me. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, go ahead. that's awesome. It's like how Jackson's mom is in his chat all the time. I know, I know. That's great. I like seeing yeah. her because she subs and stuff. She'll like interact. My mom stops by and she's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, great, mom. And then everybody says hi. And then she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, five minutes. She just wants the attention like a, like a cat. I think so. I'd, I'd like, hey, I'll give it to her. You know? Sure. I keep telling her to come on the stream. That'd be really funny. The Robbie's mom stream. That's what I'm saying. It might last like maybe 20 minutes, but like I'll do it. Who, who knows? Uh, but yeah, you, you, you've done a lot of different things. You've been around on the internet for a very, very long time. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, you got. You have. You're on Liars Club with friend of the show Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, An enemy of the show Clown Depot. Any enemy of the show Clown Depot Chase will never be on this program. <laughs> never. 
<laughs> you can uh, count on it. Count on it, motherfucker. Uh, but yeah, you, you've done a lot of very interesting things, and it's very nice to have you on this program. Yeah. Uh, how did your relationship with games begin? When did you start playing games? Oh my god. Um, I the the earliest memory of liking a video game and being like, yeah, I think I could do this forever. Uh, was when I was a kid at a family's friend's house. Uh, and I think at that point I had an NES, but I had like Rocky and Bullwinkle and like Sesame Street count em ups or whatever. Awesome. Um, so like I, I didn't really like get vi- like I played video games, but I, it wasn't something I was like terribly interested in. Um, but at my family's friend's house, they had Super Smash Brothers on Nintendo 64. And I remember sitting down and picking Kirby because he looked the cutest. And I uh, pressed B and I sucked up Pikachu from one of my favorite television shows. And I became Kirby, but I was wearing a Pikachu hat. And for some reason, that technology blew me away. And when and when I was in the car going home, I said, Mom, we have to stop by a Toys R Us and get me an N64. It has uh, to be done. And I think I think that's when my brain was poisoned. I think that's when the the rot started, and I uh, begun wanting to play video games and actively looking into playing video games. Kirby, that's how they get you. They it's true with the one tough cream puff. That's how they yeah. get you. <laughs> and that's what they call him. They call Kirby call the one tough cream puff. <laughs> uh, well, now that we've gotten the the background information about you out of the way, let's talk about the game at hand. Uh, th- this week we're talking about Dead Rising, uh, which mm-hmm. came out in the year of our Lord two thousand six. Uh, mm-hmm. Which it, it feels like a game that's much newer than 2006. It feels like a, a later Xbox 360 title, but this was like maybe the first big Xbox 360 game. Yeah, um, I don't think if I if my dates are correct, I don't think it was a launch title. Um, I think it was supposed to be like on on the day it came out, but I'm pretty sure it was like launch week or like launch month instead of uh, instead of the launch day. Or it, it might it might be. Because I remember it was supposed to be. I remember Dead Rising was supposed to come out like when the 360 was coming out. It was in development for a pretty long time, um, but then, uh, but then things happened and they had to delay it a little bit. Uh, so I think it came out a little bit later. Yeah, the 360 came out in November of 2005, which doesn't yeah. sound real. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so almost ten months after it came out. Yeah, there you go. And then yeah, August of 2006 was when Dead Rising came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what is Dead Rising? Sort of explain what it is, maybe a little bit of the plot as well. You can talk about whatever spoilers you want. Sure. Really? We're just getting the spoilers? Doesn't matter. Awesome. All right. Hey, if you haven't played Dead Rising and you care about the story, uh, I hope you don't care about the story anymore. Uh, Dead Rising. The beginning of every episode. Spoiler warning. Uh, we're going to talk about the last scene where... Uh, oh, that's my alarm to wake up. Uh, Get up! <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about the ending where Frank West uh, becomes Mega Man. And that's a whole different story. Uh, Dead Rising. Uh, I always describe Dead Rising as the zombie game. Um, it's a it's a it's a zombie game that, uh, and I feel like saying it's a zombie game kind of puts itself in its own genre. But allow me to explain. It's a it's a game that perfectly recreates your favorite moments from zombie movies. Uh, 
to be more general, it's a third person adventure with RPG elements, which could probably describe every video game ever made. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, it, it's it's kind of its own beasts. There's there's not a lot of video games that kind of emulate Dead Rising's pacing and style. Uh, it's a uh, escort mission based video game. Uh, it's it, it it has leveling up and XP. Uh, it has photography mechanics uh, because Frank West is a photographer, so he can take pictures of zombies. Um, it. It's it's got a lot under the hood, but you control a character in third person who can pick up weapons and destroy or shoot zombies, or to to get to the main goal of saving survivors. Yeah, you're you're running around in a mall. You can pick up whatever you need to use as a weapon. You have to save yeah. survivors, fight uh, crazy people, uh, and solve the mystery of of what's going on uh, in this 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 mall of Willamette. Willamette in Colorado, I think. Yeah. Which I always think is farther west than it actually is for some reason. Yeah, yeah it's kind of just smack dab in the middle of the Americas, huh? Yeah. The only thing between me and it is is the fallow state of Kansas. Uh, <laughs> Where nothing happens. Nothing happens in Kansas. I'm saying this right now. Uh, what, what was your first experience with this game? Where were you in your life at that time? Um, I think I was... I don't even remember if I saw it launch week because I remember the 360 coming out, but I was so into like Nintendo stuff and play like it, getting excited for the Nintendo Wii uh, mm-hmm. that I just like kind of looked over 360 stuff in general. Um, but I would see Xbox 360 stuff come on the television all the time uh, when I was watching G4. Uh, ah. And I think the first time I ever saw Dead Rising was like on G4. Um, but the first time I ever like saw it and be played, uh, me and my friend uh, Andy, who had an Xbox 360, and I didn't, uh, I would always go over his house to play his Xbox 360. He'd always go over my house to play my GameCube. Uh, he he was like, "What what game should we get?" And I remember it was like a used copy of Dead Rising. I was like, "Let's get this one. It's got it's got like zombies in it." I saw saw cool commercials for it. Uh, and we played it and we were both like, it was one of those, you're sitting in front of a television with your friend, both enamored at what you're seeing and you just try to blast through the whole thing as quickly as possible. Uh, that's, that's what happened to me with dead rising, which is kind of like a game that we both picked up for their system. And then winded up just trying to play all the way through. We didn't because the game was very hard for our developing brains and I think middle school, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I, I, I love experiences like that. I've had experiences like that with Ape Escape 2 as well, where you just, you love a game so much with a friend after you rent it that you just try to beat it as quickly as possible. Uh, but yeah. You're a big Ape Escape head. <laughs> so I'm not, but a- Ape Escape 2, I remember so clearly. I remember everything that happens in that game. I don't know why that game impacted me so much. We should have done this about Ape Escape 2. The game yeah, I played. All right, we're, we're, I, I had to rewrite all my questions now to be about <laughs> Ape Escape 2. Ask the same questions, but I'll just try to put into context of Ape Escape 2. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll work out fine. Uh, I think I feel like I almost had a very similar experience to you. I'm a little bit younger than you. So when I, the first time I saw this game was my dad playing it when he got an Xbox 360. 
Yeah. Uh, I remember when the Wii game came out, the Wii version of this came out a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to play it multiple times when I was a kid, but, uh, and also the sequel as well. The sequel is what I have more childhood memories about. Uh, but the, the, the timed elements, uh, freaked me the fuck out when I was in like middle school or elementary school and I like, couldn't do it. Yeah. So, uh, I never actually played through either of the dead risings until, uh, this year when I watched, uh, my friend, friend of the show, Jordan play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, again, something else I completely forgot to mention when describing what the game is just because there's mm-hmm. so many different elements to it. Uh, it's it's one of those video games that's timed, but like the entire game is timed. Uh, it's a seventy-two hour limit. Uh, you have to beat the game within the in-game time of three days, um, and you can't stop the clock at any point. It's just continuously ticking down. Events are continuously happening throughout the game, um, yeah. and I hear that a lot. I hear that it 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 makes the game kind of extremely uh, hard to approach because there's just this looming like. That, hey, the game is going to be over, so you better get everything done as quickly as possible. Uh, which is, like, completely fair. And, and whenever people say that, I'm not like, oh, but you just got to stick through it. Uh, but you j- just got to stick through it. Because uh, <laughs> it, it it makes that game so much better. Um, But, yeah, I, I completely understand where it's like, yeah, that, that game could be super intimidating, especially if you've never played anything like that before. Um, and uh, And then, yeah, going on to the Wii version, uh yeah that Wii version is real silly <laughs> that Wii yeah. version has like zombified poodles and zombified parrots that attack you speaking of parrots watermelon knows about dead rising uh watermelon's my little lovebird who's chirping on in the background huge dead rising fan loves uh loves uh, uh chuck green and dead rising too uh <laughs> give a little jacket yeah we got a little ijik jacket on uh but yeah, that, that Wii version is really silly, but it introduces people to the Dead Rising universe uh, and also isn't that bad. It's built off the Resident Evil 4 engine, though, and you can kind of tell because there's no jump button. Yeah, that is uh, that is very weird that it doesn't have a jump button, but it does have very good aiming like Resident Evil 4 on the Wii. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Much better than on a stick on the 360. I completely agree. Yeah, that, that Wii aiming is uh, unbeatable. And also the aiming in Dead Rising on 360 kind of blows chunks. It's like not, not that good. Uh, that it was very early Xbox 360 game. People were still trying to figure out how to make aiming work. I don't think Gears of War came out yet. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, well, let's let's we kind of mentioned. I have a couple questions about like the timed elements and stuff, but I'll yeah. save that for a little bit later when we get into the actual gameplay. So most of the game, you're running around and fighting things. How's the combat? Uh, the combat is uh. To put it bluntly, overtly simple. Um, yes. <laughs> you're, you, you can pick up a 2 by 4 and you have one attack with it, which is to whack a zombie with it. Um, and that's like, I think, I think the simplicity of it is, is pretty, pretty important. Um, just because there's so many things going on to like wrap your head around, you probably can't be thinking about doing DMC combos on, on zombies, but... Uh, also, just for like the sheer amount of items you can pick up uh, that make you know combat super interesting. Uh, like, I mean, if you're if you're walking through a plaza and to the left of you is a hardware store that just opens up like like fifty different ways that you can go about getting rid of zombies, um, even with like just ten weapons in there. So, uh, and also you know picking up items and putting them into your inventory also gives this uh, uh, this experience of 
okay, well, I have this weapon, but it's kind of low. I don't want to use it yet. Uh, I might run out of ammo or in my destroy before I get to the a place that I need to go. So let me real quick take a pit stop over at this place because I know that there's a great weapon in there. So the combat is more ingrained in the kind of uh, process of playing the game and like getting getting through to the end and, uh, you know, seeing the story and uh, the, interacting with the environment than it is more just... <laughs> just you are just pressing a one button every single time to uh to to cut cut zombies up there's like a bazillion different things you can pick up and use even though the best weapon in the game is the uh the mannequin torso that kills everything in one hit <laughs> it's so good and you get them it's, like immediately you get them as soon as soon as you leave like this the safe house that you you have in the mall there's a bunch of mannequins and you can throw them against the wall and use the the torsos that will kill a zombie in one hit and basically, the entire time I played the game, I just used that only. It was awesome. Yeah, and they last super long, too, in comparison to a lot of different uh, items, which is, yeah, like, it, great. It's insane. And then, you of course, two you get, of to them. The, you get to the final boss, and then you don't have any of that, so you have to <clears throat> you have to use uh, your melee combat. And I'm like, oh, shit, how do I do any of the moves that I unlocked throughout <laughs> the entire game? You should have learned. Uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, Stuff like that is why I think, you know, Dead Rising is great. I feel like everybody kind of gets their niche of, like, how they go around getting the mall or, like, going around the mall and, and getting items. So I also, like, primarily when I when I leave the uh, the escape room or I leave the uh, the safe room, uh, something I do is also just, yeah, immediately get two zombie tor or uh, two mannequin torsos because they're right there and they're super, super good. Uh, but there's also a metal pole there, which is also really fast and really good um if you if you look around there there's always going to be food in there so like that that little opening area where the safe room uh goes to where the elevator is there's like a lot of really really good quick fast easy to get items that can get you ready to go through the mall and i obviously i think they did that on purpose but it, it just goes to show how much they like really gave a shit about placing items in very specific places i think they nerfed the the, the mannequin torso in dead rising 2 i think it has it like a, a completely different move set and it's super weak now but yeah. uh in comparison um those like you know you know what when you go to like a movie theater and they have like the ropes that are set up and they have like the stands that hold up the ropes they yeah. have those all over the casino you can pick those up and they do the same exact thing same awesome. moveset, same amount of health, same amount of damage. They're fucking awesome. I mostly just relied on the the boxing gloves with Bowie knives on them. Those were my main weapons. It did. Oh yeah. Too. Oh yeah. The Those Wolverine claws. Uh, but <clears throat> like like we mentioned earlier, there are a lot of timed elements in the game where you quests are always happening, and they they basically have life meters the whole time. Yes. That like tell you how much time is left on a thing, and you can like very easily miss a, a lot of the main quests and stuff. Uh, so I, I guess the question is really, how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I love it just cause it's so unique. Uh, I feel like, I feel like the only kind of games that really do that now are like these huge open world games that are like, somebody's asking for help, go see what it is. And like the mission doesn't really matter, but like every single mission, every call you get in dead rising is important is like, is completely unique from every other mission. And that just like goes hand in hand with, you know, it's 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 roots as um, it, it, it's kind of an open world game. I don't really, I don't like calling it an open world game. It's more like. It's it's more contained than I would say an open world, but when you explore around the mall, uh, 
I, I feel like the timed the timed elements uh they can be stressful and i think that's by design but moreover i think they really help you uh enjoy parts of the game that you wouldn't otherwise because they do want you to try and see everything there's an achievement to save every survivor uh so obviously they want you to do that at some point but i think the timed elements just kind of help you move that along and kind of put the stress of okay i'm in here for three days it, it makes it feel a little bit more like there's stakes because they they remove the time limit in later games and yeah. it it kind of proves that point of the the urgency and the stress that comes along with the timed elements does really further that product of like yeah i, I only got a few i only got a few days in here so i really gotta like hustle and see how fast i can get across the mall and uh see if i can take any shortcuts or uh maybe there's a vehicle i can get that makes me go faster or maybe yeah. there's like an item I can find that makes me go faster. So like really that those exploration moments kind of lend hand in hand to the next time you play Dead Rising. This is one of those games that has new game plus. Uh, one of the uh, one of the games that it was inspired by was Dragon Quest, where you can just play the game again and have all your stats um, so that you can play the game again with like your level 50 souped up Frank West and, you know, have chances to explore because you know what you're doing now. And uh, you don't want to miss uh, that that wonderful experience of saving all 50 survivors always feels really good when you pull it off. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think the main thing about the, the timed elements is that it really keeps the pace really snappy because yes. a lot of the, there's a risk when you make a game like this of having the player get too engrossed in the world, which, you know, it's not a bad thing to have the player be engrossed in, in this detailed mall. But at the same time, you also want them to be able to like see everything and not uh, not sort of get them lost and like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Where am I going? You're always you always know what you're doing. You always know where you have to go. Uh, and I, I think that the timing really helps with that. Yeah, uh, every mission has like a crazy taxi arrow that points you in the precise location you have to go. So it's not like you never not know where to go. And the map is pretty helpful with that, too. Um, it's more so like am I going to have time to do that? Like what, what can I do to get there on time? Okay. Well, I can skip this mission cause I'll, I guess I'll just skip this one. Um, because then I can rush over here and have plenty of time to save those guys, but they're in a real awkward place and I wouldn't be able to make it over to the story mission on time. So like, there's a lot of, a lot of very fun problems that you have to solve before you even, you know, go forward and, begin the mission uh which i think no real no game really does at all ever like dead rising is kind of the only game series i can think off the top of my head that really does stuff like that uh that makes you kind of really respect to your time uh and 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 try to come up with the fastest solution to do something because otherwise you're, you're gonna fail every single one uh and and yeah like you were saying it it does kind of uh, 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 validate that world and make you explore and try all the different mechanics and uh, really gives a reason for, for the struggle. Uh, a lot of people ask for Dead Rising to just kind of be an open world fuck around game. Uh, and I think that can work, but I think Dead Rising's structure is kind of too simple for that. And of course, again, that's all by design. They don't want you to over be overloaded with information and give you too many complicated things. Um, like uh like an entire huge list of combo weapons to create but uh <laughs> but uh it it really does like 
people say I'm scared of the time limit, but like if you if you really start playing the game, you'll understand why it's there and why it isn't that big of a deal. Like you like you can still get through the game yeah. and enjoy it very 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 easily. Yeah. Uh. So we've like we've we've mentioned the mall a lot in the in these last few uh, questions. Yeah, it's important. Uh, why? What do you think it is about the mall that uh, makes it such an interesting game world? Uh, Willamette Mall feels so detailed more than like any other location in a video game I've played. Uh, like you, you go, obviously like the drive up to Willamette, the, the opening of the game is you flying through a, a small town and seeing how how the dead have risen and how they're affecting the town and then you mm -hmm. go up to Willamette Mall and they've got these like four like sale signs closing store uh parks or cars all parked in the parking lot and when you go into the mall you're in the entrance plaza and you can peer through and you can see all of these different items lined up and you can go to the back and then once the zombies start rolling in you can try to find out how you can weave and go under uh these pillars and jump up on these fountains and then by the time you're up and you're in the safe room you realize like man this is a fun place to <laughs> this is a fun place to, to run around in i mean obviously there's the um there's the there's the there's the movie reference of uh uh which of the dead it's dawn of the dead dawn of the uh, dead the, the 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 dawn of the dead like wouldn't it be cool if you can just live in a mall uh so much so that there's like a giant sticker on like the launch versions of the game that say this has no relation to the Dawn of the Dead series. Uh, yeah, there's like a just lawsuit and everything. Yeah, like yeah, there, there was a huge lawsuit and everything. Um, but like the stickers on the front are maybe the funniest things that they had to do. Um, but like it just that setting for for this kind of game is is obviously so genius that they did it in a movie. Um, and so they just ripped that off and did it in this video game. Uh, but like just getting around the mall and exploring and using Frank's abilities of, you know, jumping and being able to to get to to high places and throw stuff down or shoot zombies or uh, even when, you know, you're 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 trying to maneuver around the zombies. So it's like, OK, let me let me jump up on this playground and then I'll try to jump onto that house. And the game rewards you because there's an Uzi up there. Uh, so like the game really does like let you kind of, uh, uh, crawl through different stores and like, Oh, I'll go around through here because the zombies have a harder time. Uh, there, there's just a lot. I mean, obviously if you just like watch Dawn of the dead, not to say like this game is good because of Dawn of the dead, but uh -huh. like it, it really does like give you that, that, that fantasy of, uh, being able to, to, to rummage around and, and crawl through the vents of a mall and, and find shortcuts and, uh, there's a giant yeah. grocery store you could go to and you could just eat food nonstop and like never die. It's great. Yeah, th there is a real interconnectedness to the whole mall, especially later on when you unlock more. Uh, one of the things that you get as a reward for saving a survivor is access to a shortcut that takes you in between the two major halves of the mall. Yeah. Uh, and that's another that's a great reward to give the player uh, for uh, exploring and also, you know, saving people within the time limit and that's the next question i have uh which is about rescuing survivors which is i would say the bulk of the game other than the the storyline uh mystery uh stuff uh so it you know you know on on paper having most of the game be 
escort quests where you have to drag people over to a safe house doesn't seem a whole like a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you like rescuing survivors or do you find it tedious at times? Uh, I I would be lying if I said I didn't find it tedious at time. Uh, but I think that's kind of the fun. Um, mm. I saw a tweet uh from uh, a a friend of mine who recently was playing Dead Rising. And they said the AI of the survivors, is, are, they're extremely stupid. They get caught on things frequently. Uh, and it's really frustrating to try to get them around the mall. And like that, like that's all true. <laughs> like, yeah. they, like they do get stuck on things and they are kind of frustrating to get around the mall, which I think is, again, kind of what makes it so fun. Uh, cause I think it would be boring if they just like stayed on your ass and were perfect and didn't get hit by zombies and you just like walk from point A to point B. It really does feel like you are escorting a group of people who don't know what they're doing to get to the safe house. It, it, it has that, that, that same like, uh, 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 urgency that every other part of the game does where you, you, you have a survivor who this one can pick up a gun and this one can't, but this one has a hurt leg. So you got to carry this person on your back. So how do you how do you group them all up? Uh, and I feel like a lot of people don't know about the ability to like make them station at one spot because you can go into third person aiming and then press the triangle button, which is like the come on, follow me button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you could get them to stay at one spot, which is probably the best button in the game. Uh, like having survivors be able to stay at one spot while you do everything around them and clear the path so that they can come through is so useful. Uh, especially with you know getting them around things that would get them stuck um because i feel like a a big mistake is that people will just go all right follow me and then they'll start running not realizing that everybody is slower than frank uh but i i think it's important i think like that those escort missions and their wonkiness uh does kind of really play into what makes dead rising so great in that it does feel like you're surviving and it does really feel like you're, uh, you know, you're even though the zombies are stupid and slow, uh, you do you are outnumbered and like getting around them with your 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 arm your small army of survivors. You got to take care of them. You got to make sure that everybody gets there safe. You got to make sure that there isn't a stray zombie like biting someone while the other survivors just kind of watch in horror because they don't know what to do. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, it, when when you usually when i tell people like yeah dead rising is a game that every single thing you do revolves around escort missions it's kind of, it's kind of off-putting um but I, it's it's just so much fun i think again i think the wonkiness of it like really sells the concept of the game yeah and i i mean the the, th- the real kicker there is i think that if you tried to change any of it like like if you tried to make them perfect ai that always sticks behind you you would lose something in that change yes you definitely would that's that 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 i think is is the key to something that while it might not be enjoyable all the time is still a very effective game design choice that works well within the game that it's within yeah because they they do kind of like quote unquote fix the ai in like dead rising 2 and subsequent games um i say subsequent games but the only time survivors are really there are three uh Mm. they they do make them faster they do make them smarter 
Um, they do make them be able to hold every type of weapon. There's a lot less uh, survivors who are actually like hurt that you have to carry around. Um, and like it still works because they're still slow and they're still kind of like dumb. And you can tell that like they probably dumbed them down a bit. Like <laughs> like you can you can see that the survivor is like they, they can most likely do shit that's like really good. And the AI seems strong enough to to basically do everything that Chuck does. But I feel mm. like at some point, maybe in development, they were too smart. So they like dumbed them down a bit to make them, you know, more like Dead Rising one, uh, yeah. because yeah, like uh, if they, like I was saying before, if they're just like super perfect AI that knows exactly what to do and where to go and falls, falls your every move and can kill a zombie really easily, then there'd be no point because, like you, okay, then I'm just going from point A to point B because the the survivor just is perfect and knows how to do everything. Yeah, there'd be there'd be no tension in the in the tri- in the travel between those areas. Yeah, I I think you can make a case that says like it's it's poorly designed, um, and I would re- I would uh, re- refute that and say uh, yes, it is poorly designed, and that is the point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they 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 are clunky on purpose. I think I think survivors being dumb really sells that concept uh, because if they were super smart, then they're the concept of saving survivors is like, well, they could have just fucking saved themselves. Eh, eh. And they do uh, in Dead Rising 3. If if there's a survivor that's around, you just tell them where to go and then they walk off through through zombies and just go straight to the, the safe house. Oh my God. Yeah, it's bad. Played, I've, I've only played the first two. I haven't played three or four. Don't bother. Uh, it's there. It's not worth it. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, so other than the, the escort missions and, and the mystery uh, main storyline, uh, th- there's also boss fights in this game. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the psychopaths that are all sort of across the mall. Uh, yes, the, the very, the very, uh, timely and appropriately named psychopaths. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so w- which one is your favorite and which do you think is designed the best if they're different? Oh, fuck you for asking this question. Uh, <laughs> so I think my favorite designed psychopath is either Adam the clown or the grocery store clerk. Mm -hmm. Um, both of which are obviously just like very, very like striking designs with their voice acting and stuff. They're, they're, they're the psychopaths for like the commercials, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) of like, uh like the, like these are the guys you put on the back of the box uh and i mean for good measure they're hilarious they're loud they're colorful uh the music involved with those bosses are so much fun um and uh and yeah i mean like adam the clown is iconic uh, uh the convicts are iconic uh the 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 shopping clerk the the grocery store clerk iconic um but I think my favorite survivors, uh, and I'm being general here because I can't pick one, uh, is uh, are the ones that kind of like realize that they were doing something wrong and then come back to Earth and you have to deal with the consequences of that. So like, obviously something like snapped in them where the, the zombie outbreak uh, traumatized them in some way and they're just like they were unable to to break out of that mindset. So like you have the gun store clerk who at the end of your boss fight like runs outside after defending his gun store going, "You want guns that bad that you're willing to kill for them?" 
and then like kind of realizes what he was doing and then immediately gets eaten by a zombie uh or there's uh cliff who uh is this uh army veteran who just went to a dark place uh when the when the outbreak started after seeing his family get eaten by zombies and kind of comes to as he's dying um but one of the more interesting ones is uh you you fight a boss who is like a nerdy kid who throws molotovs at you and runs around through oh, the wall yes. um and when you beat him his crotch li- lights on fire comically uh and you can take a picture of it and it can and it says uh comedy haha uh, but you can save him. You can use the fire extinguisher that's next to him, and you can put out that fire, and he is no longer a boss. He is now a survivor that you have to bring back to the safe house. Uh, I, I love those bosses. I love the bosses who like kind of come to and are like, yeah. oh, shit, I don't know what that was. Let's let's go back to the safe house. Um, and if you do that last one, you get to get Molotovs for free from him later on because he just gives them to you. It's fun. Yeah, yeah I, I I like those those ones where it's there's another one a similar one in Dead Rising too where it's this uh, lady who used to be a singer and she thinks yes. that all the zombies are in the audience. Uh, yeah, you have, if you do everything that she tells you to do, then uh, she'll just go with you and be a regular uh, a regular survivor. But if you like don't listen to her or disobey her or mistime something, uh, you have to fight her as a as a boss. Which I I think that's a really interesting way to have that sort of. Uh, bring out the humanity in those characters that yeah are, are sometimes dehumanized in a lot of ways she uh yeah dead rising 2 that that boss is really good i forget her name i don't remember um, either yeah but she like the the gimmick is that she's rigged a bunch of people with explosives uh because like she's she's out there uh but like yeah she she tries to she tries to get you to make you put on this whole big show and then she realizes like oh wait these are zombies. <laughs> they're not. They're not actually. Uh, they're not actually uh, uh, humans. Uh, and then, yeah, you get to you get to save her. Uh, yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure originally she was going to die, uh, just because like, in, in her in her cutscene she falls backwards into the group of zombies as if she was going to be eaten. And then once the cutscene is over, she's like, "Oh wait, this is bad." And then you get to actually save her, um, which I think is good because they're like. The only other uh, boss in Dead Rising 2 that's really like that is a character named Snowflake, uh, who is a who is a giant tiger. <laughs> yes. And you get to save the tiger and bring the tiger back to the safe room. Uh, have, have it be your daughter's new pet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really, really like those that are like you get to actually save them or talk to them when they come to. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's fun. Uh, what I think one of the most interesting things about this game, I maybe I don't know if it got cut out of the final episode. Maybe talked about this during the Mega Man Legends episode, uh, which is another Capcom game, which is why I was talking about it. Uh, was that this game came out in an era of Capcom when they were really gunning for Western audiences? Yes. Uh, so it was like th- it was. I, I would I would almost call it Capcom's w- weird like fallow period. Uh, between the early 2000s and like maybe I think they got their shit together like 2017 when Resident Evil 7 came out. Uh, yeah. Where they were really, really trying to chase after Western audiences. And a lot of this was uh, based on KG and Afune's influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Who is I, a I, hack, by the way? It should, it should who is a hack? Really... Did not <laughs> that... make Mega Man. <laughs> who is and a is fucking a hack? hack? 
but so so as a, as a Japanese game designed specifically for Western audiences, how do you think that affects the game's tone and feel? Uh, I think it's integral, <laughs> honestly. Um, uh-huh. There there were design docs for Dead Rising early on. Ricky Ginafune was talking about how uh, the designers of the game were were gunning for this like very specific look and how uh they were they were very obviously like being inspired by uh by you know like japanese video games at the time um and kichi inafune was like no hold on we got we gotta we gotta change this back this is like we want this to be a game that takes place in america you play as like uh you don't play as like a, a young boy you play as like an old hairy man uh we want like people to look ugly we want the music to be like rock and roll. Like they, it, there was there was a point in Dead Rising's production where they were changing how all of the art looks and how all of the characters are drawn. There were some really really like amazing Capcom artists that were working on the game at the time who have like very striking art. Um, and then they were like, no, just make it just just make it like this, make it look like this. Uh, and I think that works. I think that really does help the game. It, this game's ugly. <laughs> like, yeah, this game is. This game like looks like a foot. Uh, and I think that's again like not to its detriment. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I think that really does elevate the game and give it its own uh kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, I I remember I remember like reading an interview where he was saying like just at the time all the all the games we were releasing were just too Japanese. Uh, which is so funny coming from Kijay Nofune. Uh, with all the games that he's released in the past and how he winded up uh, making some of the worst games ever made. Uh, but like, it, 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 I think it, I think it, that, that design philosophy of we have to pander to America, like may, like it, it, the perfect time for dead rising to come out uh, because it does, it's a very like American feeling game. It's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the, the thing that interests me the most about it is that, uh, as opposed to where they would go with the series later, is that this game takes itself very seriously. Yes. Uh, it's it's not like... I feel like if this game was made by American developers, it would have more of a sense of humor, which the, the, the other Dead Rising games are made by American developers and do have a, a greater sense of humor. <laughs> yes, they uh, do. But this, is, this is very serious. Frank West takes himself very seriously. Yeah. Uh and the only weird kooky stuff comes from the bosses. Uh and the rest of the game takes it, itself incredibly I don't want to say it's dour, uh but it is it's very it's very self-serious. Yes. Uh yeah, I I think with it's it's a hot debate on like what is too serious, what is too funny. Uh mm. And Dead Rising kind of strikes that perfect balance of like a lot of the things that are funny are very character driven or like very player driven. Like mm-hmm. you can make Frank West dress up like a superhero with a servbot mask. And yeah. like even then the game will 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 try to be extremely serious about it uh, and, and kind of put that grunge onto it. Um, we're in comparison to Dead Rising 2. It feels like you can't go five steps without like something funny happening. Uh, like in all the combo weapons that you make are just hilarious. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's actually very, very good for that game. 
Um, but yeah, I, I feel like something that people aren't really ready for are like how serious the story is, how, uh, you know, the music is like, it, it's, it's, it's very like, there, there's not a lot of like funny, like comedy to it. It's, it's a lot of rock, a lot of metal. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean like there's still humor in the game. I mean like zombies still like fall from the second floor and fall flat on their face. And, uh, Frank West still picks up zombies over his head and they kick their little feet. Uh, and obviously, like you said, the bosses are are just hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it is a very it takes itself very seriously, especially with its story. It really tries to sell you like what's going on in the world and why all of this is happening. Um, and I I think it works. I I I think it's very striking. I think it's kind of jarring at first, considering like especially if you play Dead Rising two. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I think for Dead Rising 1, it, it really helps sell that that plot of like, yeah, we're, we're taking it seriously. Frank West is he's a, he's a guy that jokes around and he's a guy that like is very aware of his situation as a photographer. But he he really leans into that. He, he it, it feels like he's there. And I think I think that's great. I think I think that works very well towards the, the 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 overall plot of the game especially because he takes himself so seriously every other character is like oh my god this guy uh so i i think i think it works better than a lot of other games that, that try to make the protagonist seem overtly serious really trying to sell that plot i think i think it works at dead rising just because everything is kind of built around that hey this is no time to ogle pretty girls son you looking to get yourself eaten alive by zombies? What? Did you just say zombies? Take a look out there. If those ain't zombies, what would you call them? There's been more and more of them since last night. Now, they're all that's out there. Eh, look on the bright side. Zombies are stupid and slow. We should be safe in here. All right, then. Feel like making yourself useful? Take a look around the mall. Bring anything we can use for the barricade back here. Andale! Come on, pronto! Yeah, it's, it's, it's better than something like, uh... For some reason, the first game that's popping into my head of a very self-serious protagonist is uh, Stranger of Paradise. That's the first exactly. thing that's popping into my head. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a Stranger of Paradise type scenario where he's so over the top that it you, you, it makes you laugh. But there there is a genuine seriousness to Frank. And that's my next question. Uh, where do you think Frank West succeeds the most as a protagonist? And as a secondary question, how do you feel about the way that he's changed throughout the rest of the series? Uh... Frank West is one of the best playable characters ever made in a video game. I would agree. Because he's he's ugly looking. He's like just kind of a normal guy. He's very schlubby. Um, he's yeah, he's kind of schlubby. Um and he cares. Uh the things he cares about are his scoop, which is the reason he went there. Um, but if somebody is in trouble, he's very, he's very selfless. He will try to help people, uh, even given the situation he's in where he is there for a very selfish reason. Um, 
but like he doesn't care. He's the one with the camera. So like he's he's the guy that should be documenting all of this. He's the guy that can keep information from the government. Like he kind of knows his place as like a rebel in this situation. He's um, the one even, who's got to take photos of ladies' boobs. He's exactly. Do he, it. Yeah. He. Who else is going to take creep shots of ladies? Uh. But like, it. I think it works just because he's a guy. Like he's just a normal everyday guy. And like, like I was saying before, they really kind of designed him that way. Uh, there were some design docs of Frank where he looked like an action movie hero, and he just kind of isn't. Like he does things that do, and that's because it's a video game. But like when you get into the cutscenes and you see him like humbling around because he jumped out of a helicopter and fucked up his leg. Uh, and like when he's, when he's talking to people, he, he tries to take himself like seriously and he tries to like, you know, be, be, be serious and, 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 you know, like it feels real. Mm-hmm. Um, but like his one liners are like, they feel genuine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like he's cracking a joke. It feels like he like just really feels that way. Like he, like he, he, he does take himself seriously. And that's why he's so funny. Cause like he's in the situation and he's, and he's, and he's real about it. He's not like making, obviously he'll make a joke about it, but like, again, it feels genuine. It feels like he's, that's coming from a place of, of him just trying to explain himself. Um, and again, he's caring. Like he, when there's when there's somebody who needs help or like you actually get to see him talk to somebody he's very like understanding and he's like look we gotta we gotta get you safe and then we can talk about it like i understand this must be hard for you like it's it's very cool to see a character that kind in that kind of situation not a lot of other characters are like that um so he's he's a good player character for that reason he's a very good guy um and to answer your second question on how he kind of changes later on um in dead rising 2 uh, he's not in the game at all. Um, yeah. The the only reference to him in Dead Rising Two is uh, there's another reporter uh, character who they introduced. I believe her name is Julia Chang, um, like and like she kind of references Frank West at some point. Um, uh, like they work together, they were proteges or something. Yeah. Uh, they only really start bringing in Frank West in the DLC <laughs> and then in the re-release uh, Dead Rising Two Case West. Um, basically reintroduces Frank West into the series and then Dead Rising off the record just lets you play Dead Rising 2 as if Frank West were there. Um, and it don't really change his character a lot. They make him older, obviously, yeah. so he's a little bit more wizened. Um, but in the context of Dead Rising 2, they kind of change Frank to be like, yeah, after Willamette, he became this like, this this guy who writes books and he goes to all these interviews and then he fell off super hard and he's looking for his next hit like that makes sense contextually yeah. of like the kind of guy that Frank West would become because like yeah who wouldn't like let that that fame get to their head and just kind of become like a couch potato after a while mm-hmm. um and then uh in Dead Rising 3 he's he's presumed to be dead uh there, I believe that there's a uh, a funeral that you can go to somewhere in the game that has Otis's picture in it from Dead Rising One, uh-huh. um, and there's really no reference to Frank West. Oh, except for the fact that you collect golden Frank statues around the world for no reason, <laughs> um, and then Dead Rising Four just completely destroys that character. It's a completely different character. It's not Frank West. Uh, awesome. they, keep, they keep calling him Frank West, but that's not Frank West. Doesn't sound like him. Doesn't look like him. Doesn't feel like him. 
um, just a completely fucking different character. Uh, and uh, it was so different that it killed the series. It's awesome. They did a great job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Capcom Vancouver. You did a great job. Thanks, Blue uh, Castle Games. You fucks. <laughs> you fuckers. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you summed it up really, really well. Frank is uh, he's especially in this in this game. He's he makes jokes, but it never feels like the writer trying to make a funny joke. It feels yeah. like something real that Frank is genuinely reacting to. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I think the key to what, what makes his character work that he takes himself seriously, but also he, he's just a person and not like funny clown man, like in dead rising four. Yeah. Uh, so let's he makes a, that's about, what she says joke in dead rising four when did dead rising four get 2016 oh good god frank uh, west at some point goes that's what she said and like that and like the, laugh user like <laughs> jesus christ stupid uh uh so let's talk a little bit about the story uh the the whole idea of the of the mystery of what's going on in, in willamette it's a lot more complicated than you would initially think yeah. Uh, the the question is just, do you think the story's effective? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's one of the more effective zombie storylines, um, because it explains where the zombies came from, uh, in a believable way. I would say, um, a lot of the times in zombie movies, the the dead rises again because the devil cast a spell to make zombies grow out of the ground, um. I, I feel like the zombies in Dead Rising One are believable because of the story, and mm -hmm. like they're they're kind of explained how they get infected and how they lose their minds and stuff. Um, and it's revealed uh, later on into the game uh, that America wanted to breed more cattle, so they invented a serum that they could just give to insects that would you know fly around normally like they do but they would sting like animals like around the the pen and they would just breed more they would become stupid they would become fat and bloated uh which is great for production because then they can make more meat uh something went wrong and that serum got into hornets and then those hornets got out and started stinging humans and then america had to clean up their tracks in the very small town of Santa Cabeza and uh, uh, murdered thousands of people. Yeah. Uh, which is a great, that's, that's like a great storyline of like, uh, of, of America just trying to take over uh, a, a town just to make money, just to make a lot of money off of the meat processing. Uh, and then them fucking it up. And then them having to wipe out an entire town, an entire like civilization of people. Uh, just so that nobody knows that they wanted to make more meat. Uh, and obviously there, there's a huge like anti-capitalist uh, kind of message in the game because of that, which is ironic because you're in a mall Black Friday. Am I right, folks? <laughs> uh, so, uh, I mean, I mean, that storyline just in of itself is like, I, I think that's interesting. I think that's a cool way to, to look at the zombie apocalypse. Uh, yeah kind of kind of tie it into consumerism in a way that isn't like stupid <laughs> like it kind of makes sense it reminds me a lot of the way that they do it in uh the original dawn of the dead from the 70s i haven't seen the Zack snyder version but i assume it's terrible because Zack snyder makes bad movies right. um 
it, they do, it, it's a very similar thing where they're they're in the sort of towards the end of the movie the characters are like looking around at the zombies in the mall and they're like why do they keep wanting to come here uh <laughs> and they're like well maybe they just remember it this is a place that they liked to be at yeah uh and yeah you know when you when you look at this game about funny zombies in a mall you don't really expect them to make uh references to like paramilitary death squads and operation condor <laughs> yeah uh, but <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the story is a lot more uh, substantive and interesting than I think people give it credit for. Yeah, I it, it's easy to write this game off as a zombie game, and like I I kind of think you still can, uh, but I, I think there's there's something there. I think that it explains the zombie apocalypse in uh, kind of an interesting way of like American conspiracies, and of course Frank West being a journalist loves that shit so like he like he's he's very into the fact like oh my god i could bust this wide open uh so like th there's that too like it does it does kind of feed in on itself and uh i i think it really works for the setting especially uh being just an american mall uh yeah, yeah it's good i i i have no complaints about the story i i don't think it's necessarily heavy-handed you kind of just learn everything about it in one cutscene, and then like the the rest of the game after that which is like maybe three or four hours um kind of builds off of that uh and yeah no it's it's i i, I think it pushes the plot and gives context to exactly what's going on and it's not like super cheesy i think i think yeah. you can kind of feel for the characters in that situation i th i think i having not played three or four uh of the ones i have played i think it's easily the best story that they have in in the series uh, it's clear, it makes sense, and uh, it's very, very well developed. Yeah, uh, they really butcher that shit in 3 and 4. <laughs> awesome. You you love to see it. People drive their own franchises into the ground. It's great. There's, uh, a, there's a character... Hey, spoilers for Dead Rising 3, everyone. There's a, char <laughs> there's a character in uh, Dead Rising 3 named Nick Ramos. He is the, the playable character, which is, by the way, a great name. Like Frank West, Chuck Green, Nick Ramos, like those all sound like they're Dead Rising characters. Mm. Uh, Nick Ramos uh, was a test subject for uh, the Phenotrans system um, to make human zombies. Like they were making what? human zombies, uh, oh. but they winded up being immune. So uh, Nick Ramos is an immune orphan child from Phenotrans. Uh, and you find that out at the end of the game because you had a number tattooed on your neck the entire time. Uh, yeah, they really just fuck up the entirety of like what they were trying to do. It like Dead Rising One is them going, uh, we we made zombies because we wanted to make more meat, and then at Dead Rising Three they were like, no, we were actually trying to make zombies, like for no reason. Like it was awesome. Yeah, they they kind of butcher that. It's great. Yeah, and it's like, great. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't like Dead Rising three just have uh, Chuck Green and his daughter in it, and like yeah, and like so a, has like a twist. So so Katie is Chuck Green's daughter. Uh, there's a girl character in Dead Rising three who's like your love interest the whole game, and it's found out at the ass end of the game that that girl is Katie going under a different name. And Chuck Green shows up and he's like this fucking like big biker guy with fucking he looks like Wolverine. 
He shows up. He's got a big beard. And he's like, Katie, I thought I lost you. And then he's like, I'm sorry that I left you and forgot about you. And, and I went crazy. I'm sorry. And then you drive in a car with him for a few. And he's like, I like killing zombies again. And then that's it. They just get Chuck Green in there for five minutes <laughs> just to have Chuck Green in there. It's awful. It's, yeah, it's, it's real stanky. They, Frank's not there, by the way. They just got rid of Frank. They don't. They don't uh, oh, my head hurts. Um, <laughs> it's interesting not, I, in concept, but they just fuck it up so bad. Thank you, Blue Castle Games. Thank you, Blue Cat. Thank you, Capcom Vancouver. Thank you, Blue Castle Games. Didn't, didn't, don't they like not exist anymore? Didn't they close down after Dead Rising Four came out? And, like, yep. Terribly awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, got a couple more rapid fire questions here. Sure. Uh, what do you think is the weakest aspect of the game? Um, I think really early on, you're super weak. Uh, so you kind of play the game a lot more passively than you probably should. Mm. Um, and I, I think a cool thing that the game does is that it doesn't put like a giant text marker that says, go here, pick this up, see what this is like. It just kind of gives you like those splash pages that you can choose to read if you want. And then you press B and they go away. Um, but I think the game could do a little bit better of explaining its mechanics um i don't know yeah. how they would do it but i feel like a lot of players get confused when they first start playing of like what's the best thing to do um what should i do if i'm panicking um but yeah i think i think it's just kind of hard to get into when you're a new player uh, also i think the save system is important for the game uh but it's also extremely antiquated uh i i, I feel like you could put auto save in or like have an option for it and get away with it. Uh, I I think it's just kind of like it, it, the game came out uh, almost two decades ago, so like it, I it, there, there's there's a few things that I feel like could be updated uh, with yeah. with a more recent release. Uh, but I mean, besides that, I I think it's I think it's they're they're not too big of an issue. There, somebody else could probably tell me some glaring problem with it, but uh, yeah, I I think I think you're right on that. Uh, what do you think is the strongest aspect of the game? You might have already answered this question. Game's fun. Fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, I. It's just so different. There's really no game that's like Dead Rising. You can make a third-person hack and slash zombie game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but there's really just no contained zombie game. That's why I call Dead Rising like a zombie game because it just really like I at some point I wouldn't call Left 4 Dead a zombie game. You know, it's a multiplayer shooter uh, where you you go around and there's zombies in it, but it's more based on like sh like shooting and getting to the end as fast as possible. Um, but Dead Rising is a, like it feels like it's 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 a game where the main premise is getting around zombies, uh, and it's just. I, I I love it for that. I love how unique it is. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's certainly a very singular game for as yes. many zombie games as there are. Because and, there and are, and that's what I mean, right? Like Resident there, Evil's there, a zombie game. There there are a lot of zombie games, uh, especially I think in the mid to late two two thousands. There was a, a glut of zombie games from yeah. I don't know maybe about two thousand six to like twenty thirteen. Uh, when they were like running out of ideas, like uh, what if the zombies were like mushroom people? Uh, that's how we got The Last of Us. Yeah, uh, th there was a real glut of zombie games, but none of them have they've they've all almost sort of used zombies as a background thing, uh, as like a background theming, like a haunted house. 
but this game is very much about the zombies. Yeah. Uh, where they came from, navigating around them, trying to save people from them. Uh, it's about them first and foremost. And I, I think that in, in a way makes it special, even though it came from an era of a, of a real uh, overload of zombie stuff. Yeah. I, I feel like if we're talking about video games specifically, I feel like the game to do zombies right. And to do like the, the respect towards that film genre uh, mm-hmm. would be dead rising. Like yeah. by far. And, and even resident evil takes a lot more cues from just horror in general and not just zombie stuff. Uh, yeah, even though zombies are like the main enemies that you fight. But, I mean, there's you know, also now... like giant alligators in Resident yeah. Evil. <laughs> like, and, and, like... and now in like Village, there's no zombies at all. You're just fighting like fucking like like werewolves and vampires and shit. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it's it's more horror themed in general than being specifically about zombies. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite location in the game? I mean, technically the mall itself is a location, but uh, is there any specific area that you like the most? Uh, I love the food court slash Wonderland Plaza. Mm. Uh, like that connected area of like, it's the place where you fight Carlito, uh, when he's like shooting you from above. It's like one of the first missions in the game. Uh, that was always like super striking to me. Um, and then, uh, I absolutely adore the Wonderland Plaza, which is the, uh, the big amusement park, uh, area. Uh, that has the the roller coaster going around, and that's where you fight Adam the Clown. And that's where the big shortcut is. That those like two areas next to each other, like those are very Dead Rising to me. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. I think you know, I think I might have to agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do really like the just just the idea of them having a big roller coaster, like it's the Mall of America or some shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the Paradise it, it, Plaza is also really good too. The the the, yeah. what, the first one you go into, I think it does great at teaching you how to. Like what, like what to expect in the mall. Like there's the big toy store and then you could go over to the movie theater. Like there, there's a bunch of things in there that like really teach you how to actually get through the mall. Though maybe the funniest area is the, uh, the, the, the main, I think the, the, the sort of grassy park area in the center, uh, where every time you go out, it plays like a limp biscuit adjacent, butt rock, uh, it plays gone guru. Excuse you. I'm sorry. I'm not a dead rising expert. I can't fucking bl- it by a life seeker. Lex Shatterball. <laughs> it's not Whoa. some butt rock lib biscuit we're talking here. God guru in the valley who watched the tambourines and the didgeridoo, okay? <laughs> Speaking of that, what's your favorite song from the soundtrack? God guru by life seeker. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> he ain't my boy, but the brother is heavy. It's iconic. It's what it's like the song of Dead Rising. It's it is the song. It's so 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 good. It it it, it gets you. It's a scary song after a while because like there's just these dudes attacking you from a car with a giant gun on it. Oh, it's great. Uh, a good follow-up to that is the um, is the song that fights when you fight Adam the Clown. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like this like 
high paced, like now ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Break that board. Uh they like that song so much, it's actually Frank West's theme in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Awesome. Yeah, it's a little little digi no for you. Uh I, I think, you know, there a lot there's a lot of great songs, but I I think the one that is obviously the one that's been stuck in my head the most is the songs that just play when you're in the mall. Uh yeah, like, do, 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 do. Uh, my favorite one is the one where it's like, and it always had been it. <laughs> the generic pop song. Yeah. It's, it's... No, it's it's great. I love it. Uh, that and like the song that plays in the main menu, I think. Yeah, the fucking Yeah, it's it's it, yeah. It, it's it's per- it perfectly captures the 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 zombie feeling and like the 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 feeling that you go through when you're actually like experiencing this. Uh, it's that, that like sting that like, doo, 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 bum, bum, like whenever they reuse that in games later on, you're like, yeah, man, like, like dude, it's dead rising time. This is dead rising. Yeah. It's, it's good. <laughs> and it doesn't need to be like super in your face. It's just kind of like stress building and kind of like, Oh, th- this is kind of like giving me anxiety and it works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, I got three more questions for you. Sure. Number one, we've talked about uh, th- th- this game's sort of genesis in that era of Capcom chasing after Western success. Uh, do you think this game was very successful, sold well, got a bunch of sequels, re-released mm-hmm. on other consoles and stuff? Uh, but do you think that this game's success was a good thing in the context of that mindset? Do you think it encouraged them to do more Western centric stuff. And then we got like a lost planet and dark void out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think I, I, I'm very happy that dead rising did well. Um, again, just because I like it and I think it's like, so, so unique. Um, but then they released two games that weren't unique. I think they Capcom kind of has these hills of, working really hard on a game and then it coming out and it's great. And then they go, okay, awesome. We're going to release a bunch more games because this is what we got to do. And then they make some of the worst games ever made. And then Capcom gets another Renaissance where they go, okay, we got to get back to our roots. We really got to work hard on making a game. That's the best game that it can be. And it comes out and it's wonderful. And then they go, okay, then we're going to crack them out. Uh, This game does this. We're putting DLC in this game. And they go back down into another slump. Uh, I feel like we're about to hit another slump period of Capcom. I feel like we got like these really, really good Resident Evil games and Street Fighter was like the best it was at a time. And like we're we're getting Mega Man collections and stuff like that. I feel like we're about to hit another Capcom slump. Um, and it's I think gonna be that, it's going to be Street Fighter 6. Uh, yeah, it, it has to be right. So I think Dead Rising was kind of like at the hill, at the top of the hill of one of those one of those uh, uh, upward slopes. Um, and then, yeah, then Lost Planet comes out and then fucking Dark Void comes Dark out. Void and Biotic Commando. Re- yeah. Uh, the Rearmed is good. Rearmed is very good. Yeah. But then, but then you know, Marvel versus Capcom comes out and they save fighting games, Street Fighter 4, you know, like, so, so they, they obviously got back up there. Um, and, you know, well, hey, re- hey, Resident Evil 5, you know what I mean? That's, that's, <laughs> That was a, that was a big game. Uh, so that was, a, you know. that was a big game. Very focused on Western audiences. And yeah. Shit. Yeah. Uh, right. The circle of life. Everything, everything comes back to 
cycles of being good and then being bad. Exactly. That's the way uh, it is. I will I so I I'm going to go ahead and say that Dead Rising did not ruin Capcom at that point, did not put them in the slump. Uh I will say Kijana Fune did. <laughs> yeah. That, is, that is, it's not necessarily Dead Rising's fault. I will blame the co-director of Dead Rising for that though. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Kijana Fune causes most problems. Yes. Uh do you think this franchise has any real future? No. All right. <laughs> I think I think Capcom is not worried about the Dead Rising franchise. Um the problem with Dead Rising is that they did it so perfectly. I think the only thing you could really do is just kind of introduce a new ball. I don't think you need vehicles. I don't think vehicles are the answer. I don't <laughs> think I don't think exosuits are the answer. I don't even God, think they did have those in four, didn't they? I don't even think combo weapons are really the answer. Uh Dead Rising is just so Dead Rising. The the sequel the sequel to Dead Rising is great. Don't get me wrong. Dead Rising 2 is a phenomenal game. Uh but I feel like it kind of strayed away from what made Dead Rising Dead Rising. Yeah. Uh like, like combo weapons are fun in Dead Rising 2, but it then you realize that only like 5 of them are effective. Yeah. Um and god they it's the same in Dead Rising 3 if you'd believe it. In Dead Rising 3 you can get a weapon that's like a megaphone tied to a cone. So it's like a huge, it's like a huge, you, you scream in it and it like blows zombies heads up because the, 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 the wave is so powerful. You can upgrade that twice to put three megaphones on it. And if you press a button, 80 zombies in front of you just blow up. And you can get that really early on and just negate every single interaction you ever have with a zombie. Uh, so, so I don't know. I, I Here's the thing. If Capcom were to make another Dead Rising game, I don't know how they would do it. I don't know where they would do it. And I honestly don't know why they would do it. Uh, I think they just kind of need to keep re-releasing Dead Rising 1 and updating it and making it the best that it can be for every single system that it comes out on. Uh, I it, would I like to see another Dead Rising game? Sure, of course. I mean, I would love more Dead Rising. I just don't. I just don't trust Capcom to make one. Yeah, I, I think the best we're we're really going to get at this point is maybe uh like a like a so and so year anniversary remake of Dead Rising one with like better graphics and uh stuff. But don't I mean, don't, I don't want better graphics. About... <laughs> I want it to look like a foot forever. Yeah, make it look grosser. Don't 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 change any of the gameplay, basically, or maybe just like do an HD re-release. Just do that. Yeah. Give it, it give 4K. it the Resident Evil Four treatment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, all right. One more question. The last okay. one. How has Dead Rising affected you? How has it made you think about games differently? Uh, wow. Good question. Um, there's nothing like Dead Rising. Uh, I'd say that there's things that have zombies in it. And there's characters like Frank West. But when you put everything together and you try to put it in a blender, you'll never get the exact taste of Dead Rising. There's just something unique, strangely unique about it that no other game can really touch. And that kind of detail and that kind of uh, specialty of Dead Rising really makes you respect what other games do that other video games cannot follow. Uh, 
it, it makes you really find the creativeness and the uniqueness in other things that you experience and say, what does this have that every other thing doesn't? And I think that's kind of like what I have defined as worth. Uh, like when you look at something and you go, this has this has uh, something that cannot be attained by any other medium. The the vibes that you get, the music you listen to, the characters that they introduce, this just doesn't have what another thing has. And I think that creativity is like super important, even when you're just ripping something off. Because because at the end of the day, Dead Rising is just a huge ripoff of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. So like keeping that in mind, like when I'm creating things and when I'm doing things, I want things to be unique and I want it to be that that to have that flair that you can't get anywhere else. But at the end of the day, your inspirations should be obvious. They they should be up front and center. This is the thing that I really like that I think can work in another medium or with a special twist on it. And I think for that reason, that is why you would enjoy this. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but when it works, it really, really works. Uh, Dead Rising is not an original game, but it's the most original game I've ever played. <laughs> yeah, I think you summed that up really, really well. Thank you. Good game. Go play this. Yeah, hey, pick it, comes, it up. It's it's usually ten dollars like, on Steam. You can get it. It, it. Yeah, it's fun. Go play it. Uh, like buy a copy on the Xbox. Have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, go buy it on your PlayStation Three. It's on the store over there. Is it? A, did it come out on PlayStation Three? I didn't even For, know. Yeah, it. I, when when they like finally got that game uh, like working again on modern systems, it came out on everything. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. So you could you well, hey Dead Rising is attainable. Attainable. You can have it within your hands for only 10 smack rolls. Yeah. Well, Robbie, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you for having me on the program, Lex. It was a pleasure. Of course. Uh here hey, we are. Anytime. I I now I ha, now I have to be on Liars for Hire now that I've got got on two little liars before. Yeah, we'll uh we'll bring you on. And uh, we won't talk about video games. We'll, t- we'll, we'll talk about video games. I think we should have a liars for hire where you straight up just talk baseball for an hour. That's what I was about to say. I think Jackson and I just need to talk about baseball. And I would love you that. and Jace just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would legitimately love that. I think we should do that. I think it would be awesome. Uh, but here we are. It's at the e- end of the show. Not only that's the end of the first season of Electronic Fun. Uh, it's uh, doing this show has been a lot of work like all the other podcasts I've done, but it's also been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you obviously to Robbie and all the other guests that have been on this program and Jackson and Alex and Jordan and Kat and King and B and Nifty and Tyler and Callie. Uh, been a pleasure having all of them on. Uh, maybe I'll do a season two, maybe later. I'm very tired right now. So, uh, I will probably, I will probably be coming on sometime in the future. Keep your ears to the ground. Uh, I will let everyone know what's going on until then. So yeah, uh, stay responsible, everybody. Oh, bye-bye. Bye.
This is a Shutterball production.